Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stanning Stanley Tucci. I'm Hannah. Uh, and I'm David, and we have our first guests ever. Our first uh guest stands for, for the Tooch. Uh we have uh Max and we have Mac. From uh, from the Under the Influence video podcast on YouTube, check them out. Uh, say say hi, guys. Hello, hello. How's it going? Hello. Thank you so much for having us. We're absolutely honored to be the guests on Standing Stanley Tucci. I mean, um, our our insight may be acute, but we have the enthusiasm <laughs> to provide information. That's all we ask for is enthusiasm about movies and specifically about the Tooch. If you can muster some enthusiasm, we're good. We have it oozing from us, so. <laughs> so definitely say which one of you is Max and which one is Mac. Cause oh, yeah. I forgot to, I can't point to you on the on the podcast. My name is Max, and it can be a bit confusing, yeah. And I am Mac. Yeah, you could call me Mackenzie, but I would probably prefer Mac. Mackenzie, <laughs> don't, come on. <laughs> so we're we're super happy to be here, and we're incredibly excited, and I think that it's really, you know, wonderful that you guys invited us on here and we're incredibly flattered and it's given us inspiration for our own channel so (laughs) we we strive to be inspirations (laughs) you'll notice the difference in in quantity between your guys's videos and our videos (laughs) we're all always improving yeah you guys have a hell of a dedication yeah absolutely but we've got to just do a stupid thing we've got a, a little update video coming soon so uh, hopefully, Ooh. yeah. So you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Hit the bell for notifications. I think you mean you guy, that one person. Todd, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just watches our videos to get them taken down off YouTube. Get rid of these guys. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys want to? Do you want to describe the premise of your of your podcast uh, for those who who are not in the know? Max, go ahead. Oh wow, thank you. Yeah. So anybody who's a fan of Hannah and David, you know, please come on over uh try under the influence certainly we talk about our favorite filmmakers and directors that we're passionate about and kind of try to provide a little bit of insight into their you know journey and their experience and And we and we try to pick people who again we're not trying to be like have you guys ever heard of francois truffaut it's like (laughs) no no I've, i've heard of him and also it's like well, what about Steven Spielberg? It's like, no, yeah, of course, I've heard of him too. Like, like strictly Godard. That's all that we cover. Yeah, we're just trying to, yeah, we're just trying to pick people again. Like, we're not going for obscurity. We're just going for people who are like, damn, how the hell is this guy like not an American household name at this point? Like, right. I feel like Solins was so perfect. For I think it. these. I think the best way that I would describe how you guys are are dealing with it is that these are people that you stand. Yeah. Right. I mean, absolutely. You guys are stands for today's director and star. We are Todd Solins stands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're out there. We're on the front lines. I mean, we're fighting. I mean, we're ha- happy happiness. Todd Solon's 1998 feature still does not have a proper formatted release. It's still a letterbox, like window box DVD that's just archaic. You know, I mean, this film needs to be available to the general public so they can disturb their families. You know, by watching it together. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys, but Max and I are both lifelong Criterion fans, and uh, Solon's only gets one film and it's been on the Criterion for, for actually quite a bit at this point. 
but it's one of it's it's Dark Horse, which is an excellent film. If you've never seen it, um, it's, it's Life During Wartime. But sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, no, wow. I wish Dark Horse was on Criterion. <laughs> wow. And not that we work for the Criterion. No, again, we always we always <laughs> sponsored by. Like, yeah. No, I'm like, if you want to pay us, we will gladly take just pay us in Blu-rays or something. But no, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy because Silence is just one of those directors who is like, you know, most film people know who he is, but in terms of physical releases and just access to his films i think that's a big thing like nowadays too with just streaming and all that like access is so is so much more important than like name recognition i guess in my opinion like everyone knows who like david lynch is and that's i mean that's a horrible example i love david lynch and every single piece of crap deserves to be released on physical media but they've done a pretty good job i guess uh hal hartley max loves hal hartley i've i've only seen like one maybe film of his but there's another really independent director who you just can't access his films and it's 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 like a crime yeah he's releasing them himself he's remastering and releasing them like through kickstarter at this point you're wow. just like oh man it's just but sad yeah sure. it's very sad yeah i've definitely missed his whole filmography his body <laughs> i haven't yeah. seen much of it i mean you've you've given me a couple of it like his short films i think to watch but i'm admittedly haven't seen Hal Hartley's excellent if you ever get a chance yeah I think you know just the fact that you can't really go anywhere at this point and find fear anxiety and depression I mean that's what we discussed um, Hannah and David initially that it's not like a travesty and I mean I just was re-watching the film and it's this movie's oh, I, hilarious yeah. I mean it's, a, it's wonderful yeah. there's so. films that have been made for like half the money this film was made and they have already blu-ray copies of it you know what i mean it's not like this is some like weird obscure movie it's a it, movie excuse me but it's just it is a little obscure but <laughs> it's obscure of course but it's just it, it's it's a little shocking just like this isn't even on dvd somewhere like you can find sure. it's an important american filmmaker's first feature and it should be preserved and for other fans of film to enjoy yeah i mean a, a little behind the scenes uh talk for for our viewers is the reason we have gotten contact with you guys is because we were having such right. trouble like right. locating this to begin with and you guys were able to luckily help us out because we will go to any lengths to watch the tooch and he has an incredible role in this movie and it would have been a travesty not to see oh it. yeah so i can't imagine missing it it yet. is a glorious early appearance of uh good old stanley yeah. yeah one of his first films ever i think too yes this is still pretty early right he's like thir- third or fourth right oh. where does I mean, this he fall was doing on television right yeah he was doing television before this oh i don't have the count ah. but it, it has to be one of the first like three or four because we've only done six of these things yeah. so far right <laughs> well he had two bit parts in movies we covered those monkey shines right, and yes, the, right. the clown bill murray movie that i've already forgotten the name of. quick change <laughs> no that one that one came the year after this oh that came the year so. after this okay oh nice so this was maybe his second feature right but he was in he had he had a silent he had a one line in a film called uh Princey's honor oh no, that's he had, right he had a walk on silent role in Princey's honor i didn't realize that he didn't speak in that the john houston movie yeah he was in that who's that girl with the um, Madonna, you know, the Madonna movie. Wow. <laughs> That's his one line. Did one line. Yeah. So this is very early on. Very, very early this on. This is oh, his yeah. meatiest role, though, I think, yet since Monkey wow, Shines. Because okay. he always plays the successful... I kind of. I think it's similar to, to Slaves of New York in a lot of ways. Okay. Slaves of New York is also this kind of indie, uh, very literary yeah. look at New York's art world. And he plays kind of a similar character in that. He's... he's uh, 
a gallery owner, so he's the money guy for these these artists <laughs> as well. But he's sort of on their level, whereas here, of course, he's so far above. Oh, yeah. Well, he uh, just keeps falling into success. Yeah, he's yeah, just tripping, just tripping into it, which is it's, he can't stop right. it. Man, if I was, I always, I think Max and I talk about this a lot, but it's always like, damn, why has no one asked like Stanley Tucci just regularly, like, hey, what's Todd Sounds like? How come you, you like he gave you basically <laughs> yeah. your big break, and like he was a little like <laughs> he was like coming up you in the seen, interviews. You saw what he looked like, yeah. But it's like he's like a little kid almost, and he was like directing the film, and it was like, do you guys talk anymore? Like, I would love to see Tucci in like a modern silence film. I don't think he pops up at all. Yeah, like I wonder if if this influenced him at all in his directorial work mm. because he also directs himself. You know, sometimes you know I've got a quote from Tucci uh, talking about you know filming himself, and he's like, sometimes it's difficult directing yourself on film because you can't quite separate yourself from the subject, and it's like that sounds like something that you could have gotten from from Todd. Right. I don't know. So what? As, started your guys' I'm sorry, Max, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, as Woody Allen, <coughs> cough, I mean Todd Solomon's <laughs> displayed in this movie that it is sometimes hard. And I think that's one of the reasons why Solomon's too stepped away from acting in front of the camera, David, as you say, because it is a little bit introspective, almost to a searing degree of yeah. painfulness where you're like, he's really, you know, he's, he's an excellent comic foil. People but, are like, this is autobiographical. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is, I mean, I'm, yes, this is kind of about me, but this is not literally my life. Which it seems like it maybe is, but I don't know. Well, he certainly can't admit it or else his parents will be yeah. uh, kvetching at <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, yeah was, exactly. It was, this was the, the really roundabout way of Todd Solondz telling his mom and dad that he was moving out and then moving back in. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> he had to make a whole movie for uh, it. I was just going to say that I think um, Tucci's role in this film, though, uh, is is almost mildly prophetic of his own success, you know, <laughs> and his own sort of very commercial career. Because he's in these huge commercial like projects all the time. But he still has that kind of artist soul that, like, this character in the film, like, has. And I, I just thought it was, like, an interesting, like, prescient kind of casting decision that seems to have echoed into real life a little. I think that's incredibly on point. I didn't actually put that together when it... But when he does give that first in the background image that you have... Yeah. I guess, no, that's the sec, That's the second interaction that right. he has with Ira, uh, Todd Sound's character. But that first interaction when he talks about, it, as Max said, how it's just, you know, like, the success is just raining down upon him. That it is indicative of Tucci's own journey there a little bit. Yeah, he certainly fits the bill for his role in uh, fear, anxiety, and depression. I, I I don't know my research, but I wonder how. I don't think it, I've done the research enough, or I I just never found out how him and Todd crossed paths. I don't know if it was at NYU. It would have or, been through NYU. Right, it would have been because he's he's worked with a lot of people, film students, and people who are coming out of NYU. And he's just a big part of the film, the New York film world in general during this decade, during during the eighties, and especially for films set in New York, just period, right. like. He, course, he's in course. like all of them. It seems like yeah. Our last three <laughs> films have been about New York that we've that we've talked about him in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine that that Tucci actually now thinking about it more as you kind of give that background and that they probably obviously were at NYU interacting with each other at some point. That Silence then was probably like this is the man perhaps who actually maybe even inspired a bit of the role. I mean that's a, that's a kind of making a bit of an insight. But no, they, I mean they would have been coming. Yeah, they would have been in different slightly different circles, but but still like it's. Uh, it's clear that he recognized Tucci's 
talent for the stage and screen. I can imagine that Tucci must have been a personality, certainly. Yeah. Obviously, at the time, if he was a big New York theater guy, I mean, if he's already doing these movie roles, he's got to be, you know, vivacious, certainly. Well, and again, everyone else in the film, everyone else in the film are not unknowns, but at the same time, they're younger. Right. They seem kind of more like students, whereas Tucci is almost like, was this like Todd Sounds was like, we got this actor. Like, I actually got a guy. <laughs> like, I know this guy. He was in yeah. a play. This guy's been on TV. He'll do yeah. it, he'll do it yeah. for me because he's yeah. really generous. He's generous with his time. And he and he's also, he probably likes the idea of playing like an actor who's like, you know, like, oh, it's just like up his own ass kind of thing. And it's like, oh, beautiful. I get to play like kind of a parody of myself. Like, sure, you know, like, yeah. so I, I kind of think it, it's interesting how they, I just wonder, again, I'm kind of like, dude, like. I'd be really curious to hear them talk about one yeah, another. I'm like, yeah, I want to hear Tucci, Tucci on Todd. <laughs> What's your relationship? I, you've never worked together after this. So it was, I mean, and Todd hates this movie, but at the same time, right. was Tucci like, this movie's great. And Todd Salins is like, I disown it. And he's like, well, fuck you, man. I thought I was good. You know, so I don't know. Well, as a rule, I think Tucci rarely badmouths his own movies. He's very positive in interviews. That's that's one of the things that kind of defines him is just how... That's why he keeps keeps working so much. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't make enemies or rivals. He just is friends with everybody. Salins has just got that dartboard with Tucci. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, no, Salins is not a fan of this movie. If you guys, again, to, just to go back and give you some Salins info, and not that we know much about him other than like, Wikipedia and <laughs> IMDb and other than he is he is willing to give a cease and desist letter no problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for some reason he doesn't want us knocking on his door anymore <laughs> I don't know weird you know sitting outside his apartment building playing guitar didn't didn't help certainly He's but kind of a weirdo so um, I think we've we've built up this film enough why don't we because yeah, we like to do kind of a recap thing yeah here. absolutely so let's just like go through scene by scene and when we get to a Tucci we'll stop and pause and reflect okay. um, so the film the film opens uh, with of course, Todd writing, Todd as his character, Ira, uh, writing to Samuel Beckett. As one does when they're a young writer. Yeah. About how he really loves him. He wants to be a, a, a playwright just like him. And, you know, that he wants to come and meet Samuel Beckett. And of course, he's never going to respond to that. Yeah. Who's this guy? He's a nobody. We don't even... Are you guys Are you guys Samuel Beckett fans at all? I, I'm a theater person. Oh, and yeah. I've, I've read his, his extremely short stories collection. The very, yeah. you know, the micro stories the flash fiction but other than that uh um... definitely seems like to- i could understand why todd likes him but i'm like oh god uh but yeah i could see how <laughs> little depressed todd silence was like i love Stan- or, uh, stanley tucci. stanley tucci yeah samuel beckett he's like i love stanley <laughs> tucci yeah he likes both of them dear mr beckett and it's just it's amazing i we've also talked about this i i don't know about you guys but if you didn't get a chance to watch todd's short films that he made at nyu they're all on youtube except babysitter is not it's hard to find you can find clips but his first and last short films are on there and he plays he's the actor in both of those and, and max and i i love todd as an actor and I wish he would act oh, more. He's I think he's actor, such yeah. a good actor in this whole movie. But yeah, like scenes where he's writing Samuel Beckett, I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's just great. It's just because you know Todd Silence was like, you mean I can't do this? Like I can't just write Samuel Beckett? <laughs> As most creative people think when you're writing, at yeah. first you're like, I'm in league. I'm in league with these people. As you should. As you should. If you're a good yeah, man, I, exactly. We're gonna write John Cassavetes and be like, I, you, I need some help, man. And they're like, he's, <laughs> he's been- gonna be a letter straight to yeah. Heaven. They're like, he's yeah. been dead for quite some time. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. We have a tendency, clearly you yeah, can we see. Have we have a tendency a t- to derail any type of We're just trying to stay on track. It's like, no, no, no. 
<laughs> we don't we don't plan on doing that. Uh, no, we we let going off the rails here as well. <laughs> Anyways, but you're right. He's writing Samuel Beckett, and uh, he's going through. The... And then he immediately fucks up at his uh, first job. <laughs> What is his first right. job? It's, I forget. It's it's the glass delivery. Beautiful little like Harold Lloyd, Charlie Chaplin, Woody Allen. Yeah. Band. I was just gonna say, I, yeah, I forgot about the bookends. <laughs> that it's not only the last job, but it's his first. Wow, that's great. Yeah, just and just the immediate like. I mean, the title of the film is Fear, Anxiety, and Depression. Yeah. And the anxiety that you get watching this guy fuck up this, you know, this job, carrying panes of glass and driving the car while the guy is shouting him down. Yeah, you gotta park over here. Come on, we're on a get a schedule to meet. <laughs> <laughs> Solons will give you the literal title of the film physically yeah. happening in the yeah. first minute of the movie. Now, yeah. here's a fun... Oh, no, go ahead, Max. I'm sorry. No, 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 please go. I was just going to say the original... I found this out yesterday, I, you know, as someone who's always scouring IMDb facts. And I, and I you know, I question them a little bit sometimes because you're like, who wrote this? <laughs> They're not always verifiable. <laughs> yeah, but they did say that apparently... And I, I watched so many interviews with Todd, so I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently the original title was supposed to be The Young and the Hopeless. But again, he had like no creative control over this movie, which is why he kind of resents it so much. And and, um, but I like I like Fear, Anxiety, and Depression. I think it's a good title, too. So I'm not picking I loved the title sequence, too, which is what immediately follows. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, there's certain people who are just so fun to caricature themselves, you know? And so the whole the whole movie is a character a caricature of him. And so to have a little cartoon him that is identifiable just purely by the hair and the glasses and the... Yeah, he's so self-aware. <laughs> the Woody Allen affect. <laughs> the Woody Allen affect. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree. I mean, that was... That was my biggest takeaway Max and I agree we we're like oh my god like he's not like trying to rip off it's just like another fellow like New York New Jersey you know guy Ew. who's like Jewish yeah who's like ah this is my life like yeah I see my analyst and I'm having trouble with women like sorry you know and it's just like I think we were talking about Max you were saying like his artist friend is almost like what Tony Robbins or well he's yeah, well, he struck me first when I watched it as kind of being that Tony Robbins foil, like the good-looking, you know, goy to the Woody Allen type. But it actually <laughs> kind of struck me more this time when I rewatched it that this was more the Alan Alda type right. character with almost like his inflection a little bit too and how he was a little more, maybe a little, you know, uh, not quite as kind as an Alan Alda character would be because Alan Alda simply just has to be nice even if he's, you know, ki killing people or things like that. I don't know, <laughs> Alan Alda in... Uh, Is he sinister really in, the... in... Crimes and Misdemeanors? He's not sinister. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's not he sinister. A, he's just like a pompous idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't this film come out the same year as uh, as as Crimes and Misdemeanors? That's is actually that, an interesting question. Right? I never actually tried to cross when uh, Fear, Anxiety, and Depression, what the Woody Allen films were going on at the time. You know what? I don't know, but you know it's funny that you say that because I, I did look it up. This film originally premiered on December eighth, so we're almost coming up to like. Oh wow. The oh, yeah, anniversary. Like the anniversary of the film, which I was like, "Wow, Todd, we're here, we're the fan, we're our, us, our, us four, the entire fan base, yeah. the anniversary like, of fear, anxiety, and depression." That is what I want this video to do for this movie a little bit because I, I greatly enjoyed it. I, we were talking; it needs a release, like it needs a release. He doesn't want that, but I want us to be ground zero for the fear, anxiety, <laughs> and depression cult fan base, uh, spearheaded by Stanley Tucci's performance. There you um, go. <laughs> that's my Standing goal. Standing Todd into a DVD release. Yeah. It deserves Tucci, it. I was just going to say, Tucci has the, he can be like, I really want one of my first films to be released. You know, like, yeah. he can be like, I hate the film, but okay. Like, fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like how Tucci and Todd were almost the same person. <laughs> <laughs> the impression. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. More, more Tucci formation. Right. So, you know, we, we go through, we meet the characters in uh, the main character, Ira's life. We see him put on this terrible play about life and death and everyone. It's called Despair and everyone just goes, life, life, <laughs> death, death. And like, that's the play, basically. Um, and it gets, of course, ripped apart. And so we're introduced to his like parents. Right. I love the scene with the reviews specifically nice. because yeah. it's the way that it's done is it's a montage of everyone in the city, all races and and creeds and classes and everyone's reading it. Just some woman at like a laundromat reading it. And... Right. Construction workers. Right. <laughs> everyone is reading it and like you hear their voice, you know, narrating it. And so it's just it's just Ira's anxiety about, oh, my God, I'm, never, I'm not going to be respected by anyone. Everyone will have read this one review. I forgot. I, I, I... <laughs> I forgot about the voice changes. That, that's so excellent. That's so... Oh. Yeah. That echo, too, that echoes Solon's kind of, that editing of, of him kind of doing those intercut uh, sequences of a single kind of train of thought with different people. Yeah. Kind of echoes nicely. He, he does that quite a few times. He does it in Welcome to the Dollhouse, definitely, and he does right, it in Happiness. Right, but right. Um, it's interesting, too, not to get too far away from Stanley, but Todd really seems to, you know, he doesn't like this movie, but it's so cool to see his formative, you know, r- his brain really just kind of figuring out how to put a feature together. Right, and yeah. of course, part of that is the song. This Songs right? are another incredible Don't get me part started on the songs. They're stuck in my head forever. <laughs> that that t- the end credit song is just amazing. We used it for our like ending of our first episode, and we were I just sit there and listen. Don't let Todd hear. Oh yeah. <laughs> fuck 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 fuck. Uh, I mean, we recorded it. Right, we re-recorded it ourselves. What were you saying, David? I, d- I, th- I think he 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 composed some of them with uh, with Jill Will- Wistoff, who plays his girlfriend Sharon. Sharon, yeah. In the Sharon, in the yeah. No, I actually didn't realize that that the two of them that she was the co-composer with him. I knew that he, because that was the only thing I had made the assumption too, that he actually wrote the songs in Welcome to the Dollhouse right. and not the case. So this is really his sole big for, song. For Welcome to the Dollhouse. She wrote the music to Welcome to the Dollhouse too? Yes, she wow. did. So yeah. she must be in that band. There's a band who covers that. That must be her in whatever band that is. I couldn't tell you the name of that band in Welcome to the Dollhouse, but who's making the music for um, the Steve Rogers character for that band? Like that is an actual band. Again, I can't tell you the name of that band. Sorry. <laughs> right. Jill Weissoff. She's great. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I gotta... Yeah, there's there's a very homemade aesthetic to the film. Like, if, if Slaves of New York was a little bit more honest with itself, this is, I think, the movie that would have come out instead, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely feels more true to... I mean, I guess the theater scene is slightly different from the New York art scene, but there's a lot of overlap, it's for sure. And you've got, the, you've got the artsy character, the performance artist as well, uh, Junk, who is such a great <laughs> character. Multiple performance artists in this film yeah. <laughs> yeah but but now we just now is when we're meeting junk for the first time uh as todd reluctantly goes out or sorry ira not todd yeah reluctantly goes out <laughs> goes to a club yeah that's an easy mistake to me <laughs> goes to a club and then uh sees this this girl this performance artist and he's immediately smitten um i mean who doesn't when you walk in and see a girl hammering nails into a guy's chest i mean honestly who, <laughs> who wouldn't just be dropped you know i have to say 
about her, though. She is, like, the most manic, manic pixie dream girl I've ever seen in, like, right. all of movie history. It's phenomenal. Salins knew how to get those types. I was just going to say, he knew his type right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I think at a certain point, when the when the manicness goes, like, far enough, it almost becomes a subversion of itself. Like, yeah. there's nothing, like, that the viewer of this film, like, nobody wants him to be with junk or wants to 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 befriend junk or yeah. like I I I love this person. She's she's so off putting infatuation. Sure. Yeah. As are all of Ira's to a degree uh infatuation certainly. I mean Boy, uh, I mean, is, 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 I'm sorry. And again, I, I, I've been skimming over it, but I was looking at the Tucci parts a lot. But uh, plot wise, is is Junk the one? Is that the one he does coke with? The <laughs> yes. Okay, There's one point cool. when he has a sequence of montage, I think, in which he's like doing cocaine at like a cafe with like a love shirt on. Yeah. That's where we first hear "Neat Kind of Guy." Yeah, is that that's his love song with her? Where so you know he has this other girlfriend, right. um, Sharon, who he meets on the train, I guess, <laughs> who is right. you know my. <laughs> One of my, one of generally my least favorite tropes, and and I totally understand that the movie is like making fun of it, and that's the whole point. <laughs> but is the like nerdy guy is like, ugh, a nerdy girl. How could I ever deign to kiss someone with glasses? Blah, you know. It's As Todd like... and Woody Allen both feel, you know, <laughs> they are true Casanovas, actually, despite their outer appearance. Yeah. Also, it seems like the reason that he wants to get away from her is because she's like she reflects all of his anxieties yeah. back at him. Yeah. So anytime that he like comes to her and it's like I'm depressed, I hate myself, she'll be like, "You hate yourself. You're amazing. I hate myself." <laughs> I'm trash. So. And he's like, "That's unattractive." Which yeah. like, fair it's enough. Just, but it's just also... his mirror. He's like, "Oh, I don't want to date someone anything close." to me like at all I want someone like ugh, not me I don't want anything like me I want junk and we all know that desperate, desperately lonely people when they get what they want a lot of the time they're simply just you know unhappy with it anyway right. and we should right. We should probably include like a like a, a trigger warning yes, of some kind for the, the jokes in in. I mean, Todd Solondz, he he would be the first to admit that his jokes are not for everybody. Oh, that he's no, willing to no, make no. light yeah, of some pretty yeah. dark things. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want his own daughters to see his films. Yeah, so. and they're yeah. reaching their twenties <laughs> at this point, I think, nearly. So, oh really? I think they're getting up there. So, like as 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 great as this film is, definitely a major trigger warning for um like just suicide in general and like right. negative self-talk and rape and rape yes yeah there's a joke where he the joke is that he's ignoring his girlfriend Sharon right. so much yeah. that she he's literally not even paying attention to what she's saying or what she's doing so there's a scene where he's just walking in the subway and two men come out of the shadows and just start attacking her and then it just cuts away you know because right. that's the joke but it's it's very dark it's and I mean it's certainly not PC by today's no. standards no, no. As, a ma- as a man who has a child molester as a protagonist for one of his major, his major films, you know it's uh, it's definitely in his his wheelhouse. Certainly, yeah. it's indicative of what's to come. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Which right. makes sense with the Tooch as an actor's actor. Yeah, you absolutely. know, nice nice transition. Sure. Bring it in. Can we get to his, his introduction yeah. scene? So this is after um, this is after Ira has gotten his bad reviews. He's just had a suicide attempt. He tried to hang himself yes. and then immediately crashes to the floor in a it's a humorous suicide it, attempt it is oh i love it yeah yeah al ashby would be jealous yeah while his girlfriend is singing I about how much he loves him i love you it's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's it's good right. it's good so this is right after that and almost immediately he's confronted by an old friend from like when he was a kid 
who has now become this huge success. And who is it but Donnie Conkle, what played by the name. incomparable Stanley Tucci. You know that was very close to a real right. person. <laughs> you know there was a Donnie Conkle in, in Tom Solomon's life. life. Yeah, right, true. Donnie, Donnie Coleman. Yeah, Donnie yeah. Exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> right. And uh, so he's talking about, oh, yes, I've struck it rich. I've got my own recording studio. I was going with Molly Ringwald's sister <laughs> to see a Sam Shepard play. The Sam Shepard play. Oh, what a detail. And so I fell in love with theater, and I wrote my first play in, like, a night, and then it immediately got picked up, yeah. and everyone's saying that I'm amazing. Um, you must know how it is. <laughs> yeah. You're still in the theater, yeah. right? You write plays still, don't you? <laughs> right. It's literally like Todd Solondz is just, like, complete just like dream that he probably has like every night where he's like this person is this isn't fair like I, I do so much work and like this guy just this, sh- yeah. this schmuck just you know like totally just again falls into success well the epitome too looking back on it and talking about the movie you know on the anniversary as we're almost to here it's it's really sad I mean it's not sad it's wonderful because Todd Solondz went on to make many wonderful films and Stanley Tucci is an incredible actor working to this day but man Todd Solondz must have really been feeling these feelings while making this film and then oh yeah double that after the film came out and he didn't work for you know four five six years i mean it's an incredibly despite him not liking it it's such a personal script i think like it's funny it's silly but it's like there is so much truth kind of like in between the lines there you know i'm telling you painfully introspective it reminds me so much like incredibly it's it so reminds me of Charlie Kaufman's adaptation. Oh, that's a good inference. In just being confronted with a writer who you see as lesser, who hasn't suffered like you for their art, Ah. who isn't a thinker like you for their art, and yet they're beloved by the public. Um, wow, I, that's a great comparison. I totally... Kaufman and Salins are two of the yeah. greatest pessimists in American films. So. <laughs> Talk about what an interview that would be between Kaufman and uh, and Sal- It would be like, what do you think? It's like, I don't know. What do you think? It would just... Be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both hate to explain their hey, films. Char- Charlie's very jovial now. Yeah, Working for Netflix and whatnot. <laughs> He's a pretty average gentleman. Yeah. But no, but but that's a great I love as a first, I love adaptation. That's I never really thought about that comparison between like Nick Cage's little twin characters, like the brother that just falls into success, you know, and it's just like right. it's also similarly autobiographical and making fun of himself. Yeah, you haven't gone through this artistic struggle that I've gone through, so you don't deserve success. Which is again like so many artistic creative people go through that, but it's like, that's so silly because it's like, well, unfortunately, struggle doesn't necessarily equate to success. Like, that's un- that's an unfortunate truth that I think we all learn. It's like, yeah, sometimes life just sucks and it doesn't mean you're going to be a famous playwright at the end of it. Like, right. <laughs> And also, that's you don't need to, like, struggle and have it suck to, like, do good things. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you can just do good work from the, and you're like, yeah. you just have talent and you're like... As his best friend tells him, yeah. <laughs> you must <laughs> suffer. It's not true. It's not true necessarily you don't need to suffer and it, i think todd is like you have to that's what art is about you know like oh he suffered certainly it's paid off speaking of suffering uh <laughs> that's that's this is the scene where he takes his parents to go oh. see helen the yeah. musical yeah. about yeah. helen and troy it's amazing and it's is, so commercial it's and so terrible that he's like i have to go home and write the great america uh, great american play <laughs> and i mean lest we forget that that is what donnie's recording studio just finished laying right. down the tracks right. to as they right. encounter one another on the streets of New York. So Donnie is just coming off of the success of Helen being recorded uh, with, you know, Bruce Springsteen's ex-girlfriend who's with him too. So. Yeah, it's all these, yeah, it's all these like people of people, you know, like Molly yeah. Ringwald's sister. Hey, the, the Molly Ringwald sister got me. <laughs> 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 
still feeling that one. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, and then when do we next? So that was my thing. I, was, I couldn't remember. I was like, do we encounter Donnie twice or three times? And we do, in fact, see him three, three times. times. Three or four times, I think. Three times. Three times. I think, yeah, that's the magic number for Donnie. <laughs> one day of shooting. It's like, let's do this. <laughs> right. And again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves again, but it, it, his journey, you know, Donnie's journey that we see in these three visits is like just hilarious. Yeah, I amazing. mean, his final, again, We'll talk about it, I'm sure. But his final interaction with him is just hilarious. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, we, we continue on with Ira and he meets Junk again. He had a coffee shop. Yeah. And so he's immediately like, I would like to go out with this girl in the coffee shop or copy shop. He goes for the mint, and... which is a 50 cent copy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was going to just make one copy, but you know. Yeah. The minimum, she's like, the minimum is the min is 50 cents. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. But so he, so he wants to break up with, uh, with Sharon. And he tries to, but he, he gives he gives this lovely speech to her that sounds like it's almost like a proposal speech, but is really trying to be a breakup <laughs> speech. Uh, and then she attempts suicide off of a bridge, and so he decides to stay with her. I returns it around quickly, though, and manages to snatch her off that bridge with some kind words. But, uh, yeah. boy, yeah, no. Talk about the time to end a relationship. Uh, not the best opportune moment on a bridge, certainly. Uh, yeah, so, but, like, also, it's like, Sharon, you're you're not making this any easier on yourself. <laughs> But then, but then two scenes later, he's he's trying to break up with her again, and then she actually does try to commit suicide by taking a bunch of pills, and there's again a, you know, a humorous, dark, humorous scene of driving her to the hospital, and she's, like, gurgling and, like, dying. That is when they go straight Zucker Brothers, when there's the doctors looking down on her, and they pull literally a bottle of pills from her. Her stomach, yeah. Exactly. Um, I was also gonna say, though, that back in that earlier scene when they're on the bridge together, um, that when she's gonna jump, uh, Ira refers to this this relationship status as miracles. He talks about how relationships and love are miracles, and then he ends it with, but this isn't a miracle. <laughs> I just thought that was just a, the worst possible way to break it to someone, but also very elegant and, you know, I mean, t- tasteful, but yeah, but... But just a poor choice. I would not say tasteful at all, but I would definitely say right <laughs> Miracle. Love is a miracle, though. Love this is, is not a miracle. This is not. Ugh. Yeah, no, that itself was not elegant. That to live, but the concept of love is a miracle. <laughs> very, very beautiful. Also, you know, to be juxtaposed with suicide uh, multiple times. So also. while his, his girlfriend is in the hospital, he writes her a letter like, oh, you've inspired me. I believe in love again because of you. And I'm going to write because of you. And I'm thinking of you. And then immediately like tries to get a date with junk and tries to meet her outside of a, a movie theater which is when we have the return of the tooch yes. in the car classic yes, he, he's like he what are the too. chances of us meeting at this uh, <laughs> this gay chilean film festival or whatever it was but he but he uh you know in, invites him to like some crazy producer's house and is like you should come along well that's what be great that's what's so interesting is tooch tooch is kind of a douchebag but he's also like friendly and hospitable and is like come that's on like, man. like he's, and and he's and not Ira, a douchebag he's, he's not a douche yeah, he's not a douche. Yeah, he's a super nice. He's just he's just unknowing. He's just it's, like, what? I fell into success, and Ira's just like, you know, like. So you're coming from Ira's point of view. It's the reflection of Ira. Exactly. Of course. I I I am Ira. I am an Ira in this situation. I'm just like you, mother. What it is like, is it's the entire like Chad Virgin right, dynamic right, where right. we got Stanley Tucci. Stu- hey! Stanley Tucci yeah. clearly has the Chad in this situation. Absolutely. And he's he's inviting the Virgin. 
virgin to join the Chad ways. Right. He's like, isn't life great? Yeah, but the the virgin is just he took the black pill, and right, so right. now he's like, I can't do any of that. Life is suffering. He does have some some obnoxious tendencies, though. He's not right. he's not an obnoxious person, but he has some things. One thing I noticed in like the first scene we see him in is he says, "Oh, am I am I being? I'm totally being obnoxious right now," which of course prompts uh, Ira to say, "No, no, of course not." But that's that's a douche move. That's <laughs> what you do when you are obnoxious and you're trying to get somebody else to think you're not. To let you off the hook. Uh, by saying, oh, I'm so obnoxious. And then, no, no, because what is he going to say? Is he going to say, yes, you're being obnoxious right now? Um, no better way than to follow that with, here's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is right. my mother. And then there's the, the, in the last scene that we see him in, to, to jump ahead a little bit, is he does the thing where he says, look how depressed I am. I'm so depressed. And he's like, you're not depressed. I, I'm depressed. Well, you're, you're like art depressed. I'm, you're sensitive, intellectual depressed. I'm just like rich depressed. <laughs> <laughs> when you're the American Samuel Beckett, you know. I was just gonna say it's amazing dichotomy to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We gotta like we gotta compare our depressions here. Yeah. <laughs> My depression's more legit than your depression, exactly. Stanley Tucci. The movie is a roving uh depression affon, basically. <laughs> just uh Solon's trying to exercise his own demons and come up with as many characters who can reflect the depression upon each other as possible. Right. And also like Woody Allen and, and like Philip Roth, uh there's definitely a lot of sexual inadequacy going on here. The virgin thing is not just a metaphor, Anna. No, it's not. He has a lot of trouble making it with women. Uh, should we go through his attempts at sexual intercourse? So he, he he tries to make it with Junk and, you know, Junk is talking about, like, yeah, all of my, my sexual fantasies are castration-based, and that's like the biggest turn-on for, for Ira, who has no self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, but but, but then also this woman like, is like, oh, I always you date gay? gay guys. <laughs> right, I always date gay guys. I'm I'm sure I'm HIV negative, but yeah. but I always date gay guys, and are, are you gay? You're involved in the theater. I mean, that must mean you're gay. It's like, well, I'm making a pass at you. Well, that's no proof at all. <laughs> right. She ends up eventually like leaving him for his artist friend who is also sleeping right. with this blonde terrible actress who Ira also has a huge crush on and so he's briefly And he's also sleeping with his agent too. Right, that's true. The friend is sleeping with his agent, uh but then eventually she gets bored of it and is like you're not a good artist. Fuck off. <laughs> and like leaves it's him. Terrible art. Ha- hammer hammer. She's like, "Oh, it's so derivative." <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to improve. <laughs> it's very different Hannah again to make another comparison to Slaves of New York. Yeah. Uh where in that film everyone is sleeping with people that they think are the great artists on earth in this movie everyone's sleeping with people and then they have to tell them after they have sex i actually think your art is terrible i think your plays are terrible i think you're terrible this is a settle i was just settling yeah this is a compromise here so if we've already had a our debrief we usually like to do a <laughs> like, please stop uh, <laughs> a whomst we also uh usually okay. an actor from the film whomst we also stand uh however a lot of these no, people i know not at all all, uh, Not a lot of faces coming back in the world of film again after this. You just gotta stand. You gotta stand some silence. Yeah. And like I said, watch uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Well, I think as far as standing other you know fans, yeah, I think he's right. I mean, if you guys have the opportunity, Solins is certainly divisive. But dude, watch one interview with this guy. He just wants like money to make more movies, and like <laughs> that's all. He's like, please, like I just want to make a movie. Like that's it. Please. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I didn't it's mean true. to upset anybody. I was just making a movie. Like, he doesn't, <laughs> like, he's just like, if people like it, they like it. Yeah. Oh, no, though. He's so sly. He knows, he knows what he does at the same time, though. <laughs> he's just like an innocent guy that's just kind of like, I'm just making movies, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, push the envelope. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I think, I think it's, I think it's a both right. He's sort of trying, of course, provide, you know, being provocative and making interesting art. But at the same time, like, he's, the edgelord complex that people try to like associate with him and he's like he's just trying to like get banned it's like i don't think so i think he's just like trying to tell a story here he's just a weird guy and this is what his stories are he's a quirky guy that's like this is my story and it's like okay yeah so the whomst we also for this week is uh our boy todd uh david since we're we're running low on time do we want to talk about (laughs) i wonder why like (laughs) two of us do we want to really quickly sort of talk about uh tucci's last few appearances and uh, and, and the end of the film, uh, and then do our Tucci news. Yeah, let's 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 wrap it up a little bit. There's more romantic, you know, Drama. insecurity with with Ira, but but it all ultimately culminates in the final meeting with Donnie. Wonderful scene, uh, which he, you know, we alluded to in the last meeting in his high rise apartment. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, because because of course Donnie wants to read his his old friends, you know, his old school friends play, uh, and he's blown away. Uh, he's he's eating while he's talking about it, which is you know, kind of dismissive, but he's clearly very passionate <laughs> about it. So he's like, um, oh, it's amazing. I, you, you're, you're great. You know, well, here's what we do. You know, we're not going to we're not going to bring critics to that first premiere. It's just going to be friends. And then, you know, we're going to move and we're going to expand. And this is what we're going to do. And he's he's it's great. Everything seems great, uh, except for then he sort of leans into you know, oh, look at how de- depressed I am. You know, you got a healthy depression. I got a, you got an artist depression. Mine is just the void. It's a rich guy's depression. Right. <laughs> he had no, he had no, uh, no happiness for his success. He's just finding right. all of the success and it's nothing. Until a beautiful temptress came into his life. A beautiful mime. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it's Sharon. It's Sharon. His, his nerdy ex-girlfriend, Iris nerdy ex-girlfriend is now dating the success and she's very still alive she's very happy with him and uh they they end up having a conversation after uh ira's play which we find out is kind of all about her a little bit (laughs) he he uses the miracles line uh to end the to end the play and uh you know it's yeah it's 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 all full circle you know at the at the end he you know sure he has this play but it it doesn't fulfill him he goes back to moving glass uh he's like i wrote you idiot no 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 (laughs) right but but this time the joke is played all off screen yeah which is important (laughs) and then he gets thrown out of a building or he jumps out of a building one of those things uh and he hits the ground i'm gonna say thrown out and he catches a, a letter that's that's also fallen and it's a letter from samuel beckett saying to keep Keep writing writing. (laughs) full circle it's just incredible what a great brick joke i always i always feel like i'm gonna sit there and realize i'm gonna get a letter but it's gonna be like a cease and desist (laughs) he's gonna have someone throw you out the window cease and desist are the the he can't do it himself but yeah it's just an email yeah but beckett's beckett's like the center piece of the whole thing because like donnie's last scene is where he's talking about oh they keep comparing me to beckett he's an american beckett you're you're the new beckett the american beckett better than Beckett. So I talked about it, you know, with Beckett. 
We're close. We have, a, like, we have a correspondence. You can see Todd just being like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so ironic, because it is. It's like a bad dream. Right. You know, I told I told Beckett about you and how great you are. He said he never yeah. had <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. You just said it's like a bad dream. That's an interesting. Yeah. Kind of yeah, a, it is. I'm just saying. It's like all these, they're like bad dreams of like, exa- of like yeah, it's his anxiety. It's exactly. his fears of what could happen with a meeting. It is quite nightmarish. <laughs> Very much so. Um, yeah, I think that the idea of Sharon is the mime who, you know, Donnie says it's she tells us that Donnie proposed to her and that they're going to get <laughs> married. So, like, finally, she has somebody who needs him and, and wa- needs her and, and wants her. Preferred. She's preferred. Yeah, she's clinging to me. I love it. <laughs> Um, but, but, but of course she's always told like not to speak. There's, you know, I mean, she's a mime, but people are still (laughs) like interrupting her and saying, wait, don't say anything. Just let me explain. Uh, so. Salins' introspection into the artist's struggle is just <laughs> into the mime. poignant. Yeah, the tears of a mime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the movie. Uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, definitely check it out. I hope that we underrated, been able very to... underrated. It's really lost. Yeah. It's lost at this point. I mean, truly. I mean, it's a lost film almost. Which is it's it's all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you can find it, wink, wink. That yeah. We we encourage piracy on this. Uh, <laughs> this podcast hey watch out todd's got the radar cranked to 10 at this point so <laughs> he's local yeah, oh, he's, yeah so thank you guys so much for for joining us yeah no thank you we really appreciate you being here we were hoping that we could end with one of our our usual segments which is tucci news tucci news um so so just feel free to 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 listen or to chime in if you're if you have a comment uh but this is the latest report from the trades, you know, from the trade papers. Hot, um, hot from variety. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start, Hannah? Uh, yeah, so so once again, we're talking about uh, the the new movie Supernova, um, which, has it has it truly debuted yet? I know it debuted at some film festivals, but is it uh, released to the public at, at this point? I don't know where it's available. Uh, sorry, I, I'm sorry. It's available somewhere. We're going to find it, though, because apparently the studio has uh, nominated Tucci for Best Supporting Actor oh, uh, for in an Oscar bid. And you know, there's plenty of positive buzz. Right. They've 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 they put out a four year consideration. They haven't they they haven't nominated, but well, I this mean, is the the variety commenting, oh, it's a per- potential nomination, a potential potential Oscar. Uh, so that's news, uh, and it's um, it's it's been getting pretty pretty good reviews. Uh, it's about he's um, Stanley Tucci plays a character with dementia, um, and he and Colin Firth are are lovers who are basically traveling through uh, to their friends and family before he you know sort of loses himself completely, uh, and it's sort of like a nostalgic, melancholy uh, like look back on these two men's lives together and with their friends um and everyone's very much enjoying it sounds incredibly sad yeah it seems like it's gonna make you cry but i'm in it for the tooch a hundred percent tooch is ready to squeeze those tears out oh yeah get them oh yeah yeah. i could see i think i think it's definitely let's let's read just a few like quick 
uh, segments of the article that I think are, are interesting. I think the opening the way it opens, is great, yeah. yeah. So so the, the title is, Has Stanley Tucci Found His Supernova Oscar Vehicle This Year with Colin Firth? Because <laughs> uh, the movie is Supernova. Uh, The label of a character actor tends to be interpreted as general audiences calling someone that guy in a movie. Stanley Tucci seems slightly above that description, bringing memorable and popular performances to the mainstream. Which, like, absolutely, Stanley Tucci is above a character actor. Like, He's one of the top that guys. Yeah. If not the top yeah. that guy. He is that guy. But, like, you never have to go, who's that guy? You're just like, oh, it's Stanley Tucci. Great, it's Tucci. This will, this will be a category, uh, hopefully, that is favorable to Tucci, since it has been favorable... Uh, to to other um, well known and uh, overdue veterans of of Hollywood uh, for for numerous pictures, uh, they sort of list a few yeah. examples: J.K. Simmons and Whiplash, um, Mark Rylance and Bridge of Spies, Christopher Plummer and Beginners, uh, Alan Arkin. Yeah, these are our recent our recent winners of of best supporting. Right, and then I wanted to jump to to the the last paragraph where they say it's worth noting that Firth and Tucci share equal amounts of screen time and their roles can easily be interpreted as co-leading there will be undoubtedly members of the press and the film watching community that will call out Tucci's submission as category fraud Uh, you know the the writer of this uh, of this article, Clayton Davis of Variety, uh, says he thinks it is a leading role. But when it comes to the Academy, they hardly reverse these types of submissions. And when it comes to actors as well liked as Tucci, people tend to bend the rules to get them their due. <laughs> so I think I think this could be it. This could be it. This could be it for him. Yeah. If we get to report on his. First Oscar ever Oscar win. win in the year 2020, which is going to be the weirdest Oscars. Well, I mean, maybe has, he ever. Had, has he had nominations? Has he not Tooch? had nominations? I don't think so. He's had one nomination yeah. for um, Devil Wears Prada or something. Yeah, like was it Devil Wears Prada? It? You got an Oscar? Nomination? No, it's it's not Devil Wears Prada. Spotlight. It, no, it was no, not no. Spotlight. What was it? Uh, I'm sorry. We'll cut this out. Is it Lovely Bones? It was Lovely Bones. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Peter Jackson. Yeah. Oh, wow. Peter Jackson. Right? Yeah. The only thing I know about that is Ryan Gosling was too fat for that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the Oscars, so it's not really like a signifier, right. of, a perfect right. signifier of right. equality. You're more likely to get it if you're playing a pedophile murderer or a person with a disability. So <laughs> that, that tends Brian to Francis be... Is like, yeah. <laughs> no, the director of that film is interesting. He's like a British actor who's only like acted in like two. He was he was in uh, me and Orson Welles, the fucking Richard Linklater film, and then like just has done a bunch of shorts and directed like one film in 2014, and then like just made this film. Yeah, so it's like oh shit, this is like just a young guy who probably had a film or two ready to kind of get out of him I probably you guys just made it sound appealing to me I'm curious certainly. yeah no I, I'm looking at the cover and I'm like oh, I like the poster I like the plot <laughs> okay I like both actors I'm interested yeah. our plan is definitely to uh, <laughs> to check it out so you know well stay tuned stay updated <laughs> I'll be there we will bring you the latest and greatest in Tucci news I'm just gonna close out for, for the final thing this will be the last line is our Tucci fun fact of the oh, week okay uh, fun fact. So does anybody want to guess what Tucci's allergy is? Oh, Shellfish. peanuts. Ooh. 
Selfish peanuts. Um, dairy. I was getting for an Italian. Oh, lactose is so Okay. He's well. He's not. He says I have. Uh, I have a high metabolism. I don't eat dairy. I'm allergic, but I can eat goat cheese. Thank God. So oh, interesting. That's his. Just like goat cheese pizza. Very New York. Very yeah. New York. He's like, I can eat goat cheese. Thank God. It's like. <laughs> what? what are you talking the about? Yeah. Kind of rubbed off on him a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. What the hell are you talking about? It's all the Italian. Yeah. It's he's the like, oh. Italian jeans. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. Do you guys want to plug your Twitter? Oh, we don't even have we'll, that. Uh, but we'll hey, we have, a, we have our update coming out. Under the Influence. It's on YouTube. Um, thank you again. I can't even, you know, it's so nice absolutely. to have. Yeah, it's been an honor to be on here with you guys. You guys, your show is wonderful. And it's we're absolutely delighted to have been here. This is a lot of fun. I'm jealous of the continuity and the dedication you guys yeah. have. Yeah. The continuation of your series is inspiring, like, as we Wow, said. you do more than three episodes? <laughs> Holy shit. Ma- Max and I, we're kind of like a, bl- a British show. We do like four episodes, and then we are like... We're like That's the early the Terrence Malick yeah, yeah. of YouTube, you know. <laughs> yeah. A video every couple of years, yeah. perhaps. Uh, you know. We're going to start pumping yeah, them out, though, exactly. soon. <laughs> so, yeah. But thank you, seriously. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for for being on and uh, sharing all of your your passion for Todd and uh, for <laughs> fear, anxiety, and depression. Todd, again, I'm sorry. Hopefully, we'll see a release one day. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We will actually see this movie fingers released. Please, crossed. if anybody's watching, you know, absolutely. Well, I don't Tweet know when you're posting Todd. this, but happy holidays as well, because because that we're in December. Absolutely, so yeah. Have a happy holiday season. <laughs> happy Todd Collins is not really the holiday director, but. <laughs> He could be fear, anxiety, new de- fear, holiday fear, anxiety, movie. and depression could be the new Christmas film that we all have been waiting for. It honestly seems very relevant for 2020. December eighth, <laughs> December eighth. Yeah, come on. So. All right, see you guys later. Bye bye. But that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers: The Last Night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. Get rid of these guys. Yeah.